Welcome to the Faith and Money Podcast, where we learn how to reorient our money and our hearts with the Word of God. I'm Jeffrey Stevens, and our expert on faith and money is Keith Conley, Certified Kingdom Advisor. Keith is trained and experienced in pastoral ministry, but has also been trained as a financial advisor. Today, Keith provides financial planning advice to churches, ministers, and high net worth Christians. The goal of his practice is to help believers plan for their finances so that they can honor the Lord. That, that directly lines up with Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. If you listen to today's episode or any of our episodes from the past, if you have any questions or comments for Keith, you can reach out to him through his Substack page, or you can email him at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Keith, can you tell us about your training and pastoral ministry experience? Yeah, good morning, Jeff. Uh, and good morning, listeners. Uh, my background is in pastoral ministry. I have a Bachelor's of Arts from Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I also have a Master's of Divinity from a Reformed Seminary out here on the West Coast. Um, I've worked in churches in the East Coast, the Midwest, and, and several churches here on the Midwest. I was never uh, officially ordained. Uh, but definitely did a lot of preaching and counseling and teaching, a lot of the pastoral work. Um, still very active in my church today, but what I really found was that my calling wasn't full-time pastoral ministry. Um, and, you know, it was just the providence of the Lord that that brought me into financial planning and financial services. And, you know, in today's episode, you know, we're talking about student loans. And so it'll be kind of fun to tell a little bit of the story about how student loans got me into financial planning. Yeah. And I, I love every time you share some of your background, because for me personally, you know, money is something that is very, very important. And if I'm going to take advice and trust someone else with my money, I want to know that they believe in the same God that I do, that they read the same Bible that I do, and that their faith is just as important to them as it is to me. Yeah. So that, that's something you don't hear too much anymore in any profession. Well, you know, there, there are some things where the faith of uh, the individual, of the person serving you may not matter. You know, for example... Uh, I would much rather have a very competent, very experienced expert um, cardio surgeon if I'm having open yes. heart surgery. And, you know, certainly I would love for them to be a Christian, but if they're a pagan or or of some other faith, as long as they're skilled, to be quite honest, I would rather have them as my surgeon than the primary care physician who's a strong believer doing my open heart surgery, Right. You've got uh, a point. You've got a point there. So, <laughs> but but with the financial services, one of my core beliefs is that the faith uh, and training of your financial advisor really matters if you're a follower of Jesus Christ. The reason is that so much of financial planning isn't just about picking the right stocks um, or placing the right life insurance policy, but it's about helping the client understand how their values and their behaviors match their financial decisions. There's lots of great financial advisors out there, 
who are not believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, but as, as believers in the Lord, our priorities and our allegiances are going to be completely foreign to a unbelieving financial advisor. You know, things like, you know, radical generosity yeah. um, and, and, you know, giving to the Lord, they're going to be concepts that are not going to be understandable and they're not going to understand what the word of God says about the money. Exactly. Right. And even issues, as, I don't want to say small, but issues such as legacy. In my yeah. opinion, when it comes to building a legacy and what I'm going to leave behind, of course that looks different as someone yes. who follows Jesus. Yes. So, before we before we nosedive into this week's episode, for those who haven't heard yet, Keith is offering a free seminar for pastor and church leaders on premarital counseling, money, and the Bible. The event will be held on Zoom and is going to be held on Thursday, September 22nd. Please out, please reach out to Keith if you need the link to register, and you can do that again through email, and Keith's email address is faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And I will try to, I'll try to make sure that maybe we can put that link up in comments for the podcast show. That way, people just as soon as they are finished listening, they can go back and find that link and click on it. Now, for I guess now we're at the point where it was really last week's headlines. But in our first two episodes, we talked about the biblical view of debt. Then last week, the Biden administration made a major announcement on student loan forgiveness. Today's episode will be in response to Biden's executive order. We all have an opinion on loan forgiveness, but today Keith is going to discuss a biblical perspective on loan forgiveness. Keith's experience in financial services started in the student loan industry. Keith, what can you tell us about that? I know this is something that really registers a lot with you. Yeah, so many of my clients, um, not all of them, but many of them have student loans. Uh, and the reason and the way I got involved in the student loan world is after, uh, you know, God shut the doors for pastoral ministry to my to me, my wife and I relocated from the West Coast back to my home state of Pennsylvania. Uh, and I eventually was employed by the state of Pennsylvania working for FedLoan, which is a which is as of at least right now, today, the largest federal student loan servicer in the country. Now they're going to be closing their doors, but I worked there for six years helping uh, new college students qualify for grant money. But then I also was involved with later on with the servicing of student loans uh, and uh, default collections as well. Uh, and so, you know, I developed a lot of understanding of the various repayment programs, such as income driven repayment, public service loan forgiveness, income driven repayment, and a variety of other loan forgiveness grant and grant uh, programs for student loan borrowers. Uh, and, you know, so today, uh, as a financial advisor, I'm, I'm kind of on the other side of the, the table. I'm on the client side of the table, 
helping them understand their repayment options. You know, the, Jeff, the student loan world is, you know, just a very mixed bag. You know, it's great that we have loans out there on one hand to help people get an education, but on the other hand, it's just so completely mismanaged by the government. The government repayment programs are very complex. They're hard to understand. Uh, and the government hands out loans to everyone who asks for them, regardless of collateral. Do you realize that student loans are the only loan that an 18-year-old can get that where they don't have to prove any sort of ability to repay? If an 18-year-old were to apply for a mortgage <laughs> uh, without any income, they're not getting the mortgage. They're not getting a business loan. They're not getting a car loan. But, exactly. I have issues with that. But, <laughs> but, but you know, the 18-year-old can take out an obscene amount of money uh, without any proof of income, and they'll go. The government will go ahead and write them that check, and and on the with the promise that they're going to pay it back. Uh, and so, what we have is a lot of abuses. We have a lot of problems with school tuition rising every year because after all the government will just write you a check uh to pay for it uh and you know we could talk a lot about that but one of the things that has really uh set me apart for many uh employees of nonprofits as well uh as early career medical professionals is my extensive experience in speaking with over well over a thousand student loan borrowers um, I've written, I've spoken. So this is an area where I have a lot of expertise. Yeah. And you mentioned that and you said, and of course I knew all that. We've been friends for a while. I, I didn't know the exact numbers, but I, I knew student loan was a primary area of focus with a lot of what you do. And now myself, I work in journalism. I realize that depending on what sources you read or listen to or follow, the same story and headline is going to get twisted and turned however however somebody wants it to sound. So what exactly, because I think there's still a lot of people who don't even realize, know what the announcement was. All they hear is that there's no more student debt and taxpayers are paying for it and yada, yada, yada. So what exactly was the big announcement that Biden made? Yeah, well, what, what essentially the Biden administration has done is followed through on one of their promises during his presidential campaign. And what they've agreed to do is to forgive between ten dollars to $20,000 of student loans for every borrower with undergraduate loans, um, as long as they're Income is under $125,000 if they're single or head of household or up, or if their income is up to $250,000 uh, if they're married filing jointly. Uh, so, you know, what they've done is they've agreed to, you know, basically wipe out that student loan balance of ten dollars to $20,000, $10,000 if you never received a Pell Grant and $20,000 if you did receive a Pell Grant. Um, they are also working on some uh, recategorizations and revamping the income-driven repayment pr program. Income-driven repayment calculates a payment 
um, under several different options based upon your income and your household size. Each of the different income-driven repayment options has different upsides and downsides and different um, distinctives. But basically, one of the uh, distincts of, distinctives of income-driven repayment is that 10% of your income above the federal poverty line would go towards your student loan payments. Well, it looks like the Biden administration wants to reduce that down to 5%. And the idea is that you would make an income-driven repayment every year for up to 20 or 25 years, depending on whether or not your loans are, are undergrad or graduate loans and what your balance is at the end of those 20 to or 25 years, regardless if it's $100 or $100,000, the government would just go ahead and, and wipe it out and, and forgive it. Uh, and so, you know, so what they're trying to do is ensure that more student loans are forgiven by reducing the payments of, of borrowers in, who are enrolled in the income driven repayment program. Uh, okay. Now, see, I can understand that a little bit. I still, you know, I have my opinions and we're not going to get into that because that's not the point of all this. I just, I'm curious for those who are on social media, we've all, you've more likely seen a lot of emotional responses to disorder that Biden announced last week. Let's talk yeah. about some of the responses among, among the Christian worldview that we've seen. One tweet specifically stated that forgiving student loans was the most Christian thing that the government could do. What do you think? Because you're, you're on social media. I follow you on Twitter and Facebook. What goes through your mind when you read something like that? Yeah, Jeff, there's been all kinds of stuff, you know, uh, and we're just going to talk about a couple of the things that I've seen. Uh, but I, I, I will say this. Uh, you know, I'm an expert on the student loan world. Uh, I have some very strong opinions based upon my experience in the student loan world. And I'll just say this, that the government uh, is never going to fix this problem that because they created it. Um, they are issuing loans to people who have no business taking loans. And then they try to find a way to, you know, to cover for the students so that they don't have to make these payments. Did you know that there are a number of folks who are 62 or older who decide that, hey, you know, I'm going to stop working. I'm going to collect Social Security and I never got to go to college. And so I, I don't have the money for college, but I'm going to take out the student loans to go to college. They're going to go to a, a private four year school because, hey, why not? Uh, they take out the student loans. They have no intention of paying them back. Uh, and then when they graduate from school or stop attending, you know, their loans go into default very often because, you know, the social, the senior citizens are, are, you know, some of the people who misunderstand and don't understand the options more than anybody. And so their loans go into default. And when their loans go into default, one of my jobs as a supervisor with, with Fed loan was to do federal offsets. I was taking part of their social security check every month until they got out of default. Uh, oh, and, wow. 
And, and so, you know, there's a lot of people, if you're taking early social security at age 62, and I'm taking 15% of that, you know, social security was never meant to be a living wage. And for a lot of seniors, that's their only income in retirement. Uh, and, and so, you know, the, the government has just done a, a very poor job of administrating these loans. Fed loan is closing because of their mismanagement of public service loan forgiveness. So, you know, you know, we all have their opinions and, and, and I'll be just, I'll just be brutally honest. I, I'm an extremely big critic of the whole student loan industry, even though I understand it. Uh, but what the Biden administration has done, as one uh, attorney said in our discussion was put a Band-Aid over a stab wound. You know, the, the, the wound is gushing out blood. You're ble bleeding profusely. And we're going to put a little tiny Band-Aid on it and think that forgiving $10,000 of loans is going to fix the problem. But mark my words, I promise you, my dear readers, that this is not going to fix the problem. The government is not Christian. The government has no ability to forgive in the same way that God can forgive our sins. Uh, and to equate the two um, is highly problematic. Um, it, you know, and, and really, the idea of forgiveness is a misnomer. It's not really student loan forgiveness. It's just moving the responsibility from one party to another. It's moving the responsibility from the borrower to borrowers who didn't take out the loans. But I think it gets a bit more complex than that as well. Because what? how, how are these loans going to be paid for? You know, and I read something this morning that the Biden administration has been a bit silent about how that's going to happen. But, you know, in my experience, what they're going to have is it's just going to be a part of the deficit that that our government is going to pay interest on and we're going to pay for. And the thing that nobody wants to talk about that I haven't seen anywhere else is many of these borrowers are going to pay for these student loans as well as, you know, our, our neighbors who took out the loans. And we're going to pay for these loans when we take out money from our 401ks and our IRAs in retirement. See, and I, I just had to hesitate because I, I, I read, of course, I don't read the material you do. Yours, I'm sure, is much more accurate. But I saw something about this the other day, and I don't even know how to respond to what you just said because that to me um you know what i i don't know if i want to use the word anger but it, i definitely had a couple hot flashes real quick <laughs> so well you know the thing about this world jeff is from you know speaking among believers is that we're always going to have injustices in this world correct um and you know this this you know, ridiculous uh, executive order. This is not legislation. This is an executive order by the Biden administration. It's even up for debate whether or not he has the power to do this. But, uh, you know, it, it's bad policy. It's not good for anybody. It's actually going to be stealing from the poor. Um, this isn't being transferred to the rich. This is 
This is definitely uh, a act of gross injustice. Uh, and we this is nothing new. God's not surprised by this. And, uh, you know, at, at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, all wrongs will be made right. Yeah, and I, I'll tell you where my mind went. went the I don't remember. I believe it was, what, uh, last Friday? Because later in the evening, you had called me and said, hey, Jeffrey, we got to do a show about this quick. And I, I was all on board. But the whole time I was processing everything, even before you called, one of my closest friends back in school, Jeremy, we graduated and he joined the Marines. Didn't want to be a soldier, had no interest in it. All he wanted was a Montgomery GI Bill. He wanted to go to college, and he didn't have the money. He knew that was going to more likely be his only way. He ended up being killed in Afghanistan. Wow. Wanting to go to college, and now you have all these people that are just having student loan debt wiped out. And... It's just something I have mixed emotions about. I did want to read something real quick. I just pulled up this tweet. It says, The older brother grew angry. I worked hard to pay back all my loans. But this son of yours, you forgive his loans. The father said, My son, you're debt free. But I, I can't even read this without laughing. But we had to celebrate. This brother of yours was buried in debt, but now is forgiven. He was dead, but now he is alive. And of course, this is referring to the story of the prodigal son. Keith is someone with extensive financial background and pastoral ministry. What do you think of when you see the Bible taken out of context like this? Yeah, Jeff, I, I saw this post the very day that the Biden administration came out with their with their order. Uh, and I'll and I'll be honest with you, it, it really struck a nerve with me. Uh, and, and, you know, so this kind of follows the last quote that that we discussed a little, you know, previously here. But there's all kinds of things going out on social media trying to justify this executive order by using the Bible. Uh, and, and, you know, the, this application of, of the prodigal son to Christians is really meant to shame those believers who are in disagreement over this order to, to equate them to being the older brother that is angry that other people are getting their loans forgiven. Um, but, but the analogy breaks down, doesn't it, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, the, I have a lot of questions. Uh, you know, who is the father in this parable? It, is God forgiving our student loans? <laughs> oh, Daddy Biden. So, <laughs> I did. <laughs> you know, and, and, and did, is the father, is the father paying for the son's student loans? Yeah, I Biden, think, Biden, Joe Biden is not paying for ten thousand, ten to $20,000 of, of undergraduate debt for no, borrowers. No. And in this 
you know, this alteration of, of the prodigal son parable, the father here is not paying for his son's loans, the prodigal son's loans. And, uh, you know, the, the father also did not force the older brother to pay the prodigal's debts. Uh, I, I really think that, you know, trying to shame people in to celebrating the growth of the federal deficit to help the little guy, supposedly, is just a gross misrepresentation of, of the scriptures. Exactly. And I, I'm part of this show with you, but what I do professionally is I... I write about the Christian faith and the Bible for a living. It's what I do. And when I see stuff like this, because obviously there's certain things I write about the Bible that I'll take out of context, but as I do it, I make sure the reader knows, hey, this, this isn't in the commentary or anything like that. This is just where my mind goes. And especially to see Christians sharing quotes like that. I guess it's not a quote, but a meme is just really it shows lack and understanding of the Bible. Yeah, what it shows is that, but also how few Christians understand basic economic theory. And they they and many Christians uh, don't understand that the Bible has an economic standards um and uh we we need to know what god says about things like private property business the role of government uh and the the bible speaks to all of these things and i you know i i love i love this country jeff but don't take me as someone who wants to christianize america or god blessed usa and you know god is America is this Christian, God-fearing nation. That 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 is not at all what I believe. But I do believe that God ordains leaders and holds them accountable based upon their uh, actions and and decisions in in, in their God-given roles. Um, and that's whether you're a pastor, a leader of a company, or the president of a country. Uh, you know these people in authority. Um, are going to be accountable to God. Um, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who wants to put, you know, the American flag and the cross together in a picture. I, I, I really, um, that kind of stuff makes me cringe. <laughs> yes, yes. The United States is not mentioned in the Bible. No. As, not as those words, anyway. Of course, it talks about all creation, but... The United States, it just it's not there. I, I agree with you 100% on that. Now, when you talk about biblical economics and how the Bible has a plan and all that, I've had a discussion with a few people in the past week, and one of the first things everyone wants to bring up who supports what Biden did is the year, the year of Jubilee. Now, do you think that's a fair application to what's going on here? And I, I'm sorry, I can't help but laugh. <laughs> I just explained to everyone how this works. Well, well, let's talk about what the year of Jubilee is. The year of Jubilee is found in Leviticus 25. 
and uh you know the it's very much tied to israel's time in the land of israel you know it's restricted to what we would in reformed theology call the mosaic economy yes uh and you know this is definitely a part of what what we in reformed theology would call the ceremonial law that is is fulfilled in with the coming and 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 death and resurrection of christ but but let's talk about what the year of jubilee is because a lot of people who refer to the year of jubilee to justify student loan forgiveness refer to you know every seven years what they say is that every seven years the slaves and the debts are forgiven but what leviticus 25 really says is that every seventh year the land is to be given a rest from harvest but the year of jubilee comes every 50th year and that was the year where people were released from their debts releasing slaves and returning property to those who owned it uh so you know everyone wants to talk about the seventh year but they don't refer to the 50th year uh and as i said this was a part of the the mosaic uh economy that was tied directly to prior to israel's time in the land when there was the mosaic theocracy we are not in a theocracy no we are not um giving the land arrest every seven years our 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 uh farmers are planting corn in iowa every year and they're using you know if they're good business people they're using good farming practices and they may change you know they may raise soybeans in a field one year and corn yeah. in the next i but, was just getting ready to say that because my family is very big in the farming in the midwest and uh I know growing up, we always skipped the seventh year, but I think you're right. I would have to call my dad or one of my uncles. But I think now it's just every seventh year we switch to an off, an off, uh, right. Go from corn to beans or even just normally a lot of what we're doing that seventh year is just grow alfalfa for a year. Right. Well, and you know, Jeff, if we're going to take the mosaic ceremonial law, and apply that to our current situation then we're putting ourselves back under the law exactly uh, and and you know we can have a very good theological discussion about what it means to be under the law and whether the law applies today you know in, in my reformed presbyterian circles we talk a lot about well we sometimes talk a lot about reconstructionism and theonomy and whether you know the civil law and the mosaic covenant applies should apply to our country today um which i would say a resounding no um but you know we can't pick and choose things from the mosaic law and somehow think that we can mold it to apply to our current situation there was a specific reason for this year of jubilee law in leviticus 25 and it was tied to christ and rest in christ um, and to justify president biden's executive order again for student loans i think is a really gross 
treatment of of the biblical scriptures. Yes, and I will say it's something I noticed. And I spent when all this started with like the memes I just shared and the people talking about the year Jubilee. That is one thing I picked up on. I have not seen the leader of a church or a popular evangelist or even a biblical writer like uh, someone who writes about the Bible like myself. I haven't seen anyone make these comparisons. It's all from people who I don't want to say it where it sounds too judgmental, but it's people who obviously should read the Old Testament a little bit more thoroughly. Well, you know, Jeff, I'm going to be a little bit more generous uh, and just know that I, I not not everyone has the training. Some people are different places in Correct. their. Correct. And, and, and a lot of people are confused about a lot of things. And, and there's a lot of noise out there, especially on social media. Some of the craziest stuff I've ever seen has been said on social media. And not everybody is is well equipped to handle objections like this than others. I mean, there's quite frankly things about that I read on social media that I don't understand or know about. Uh, you know, when when um, Roe was overturned here a few uh, months ago, a lot of my medical uh, professionals were making a lot of comments on LinkedIn that I didn't know anything they were talking about. They were using it to somehow justify that Roe was something that was necessary to have in the medical community, which I obviously disagreed with. But I didn't understand the medical reasons that they were discussing because I'm not a medical professional. Exactly. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Bible nerd and a financial advisor. Uh, and, you know, I know what I know and I don't know what I and I don't know what I don't know. Um uh, and, you know, my, my, the goal with this podcast is that believers who have seen objections like this and don't know how to respond might have a little bit more ammunition uh, for them to say, okay, now I understand. And, and, if, and if there's one person here who's reading this that says, oh, I had never thought of that um, about one of these objections we've talked to, then, I, then I'm happy. Yes, I, I think that I know was as we were preparing for the show, as one thing I was kind of hoping and praying for before we got started, because like I said, I, I've specifically been looking for a lot of this on social media, and I've found everyone giving an opinion, but I haven't found a whole lot of facts until talking to you today about exactly what happened and exactly why this is not what the Bible said. This is one of the very enormous curses of social media, that everyone has an opinion, everyone has a point, and it's difficult to sort out what is legitimate and what is not. Yes, yep. And, and the lack of humility over a lot of these things that happens. I'm not going to tell you that I've always been perfect on social media, but I really make a point to well, not... Not during football season. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, it, there's no point in arguing with people on social media. There's no. just none. No. 
is that I'm looking down at the clock and we are right at about the time limit for this week's show, but I really want to encourage, and let me be clear about this, I'm not encouraging someone to reach out to Keith who wants to send a lengthy email about why he is wrong, but if you were someone with a lot of student debt and maybe you don't even fully understand yet what has happened and how you can either take advantage of this or what future consequences might be. I encourage you, if you're that person, reach out to Keith. Again, his email address is faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com. And he, this, his Substack page is all free. Now, I'm sure... You know, he, he's got some great advice you can pay him to give, but if you're pretty simple with the questions, I'm sure he will take the time to get back to you and let you know what's going on. And so that that's the whole point of Keith's podcast, podcast channel and blog post is to help and serve other people. So I, I encourage you to take advantage of that. So yeah. that, that is a wrap for this week's show. Keith, is there anything else you want to add before we end this? No, I mean, if if you have benefited from these podcasts and blogs, I, I just want to encourage you, if you haven't already, to uh, like and subscribe to the post um, and to, to share it with a friend, particularly your pastor or someone that would appreciate the content. We're going to have a lot of really good discussions are going to be based primarily around around what the scriptures teaches on these topics. So um, thank you for listening, everyone. Yes, and real quick before we get off here for church leaders and pastors, again, that is September 22nd. Keith is leading a seminar on premarital counseling, money, and the Bible. That is September 22nd. You can also email him at faithandmoneypodcast at gmail.com for a link to register for that. So that's that's coming up less than a month away now. Be sure to check Keith's Substack page, Faith and Money, Wednesday morning. We will have a blog post published summing up today's episode, getting into a little bit more detail. Until Monday morning, when we do next week's show, I will talk to you and everyone else later, Keith. Thank you, Jeff.